Hi, I'm David Freudberg. We here at Humankind are trying to strike a balance to make our public radio programs available to you and also to make sure we're able to pay our production costs from office rent to staff time to studio and distribution expenses. The grants we receive from funders you hear named on our programs don't fully cover our operating costs. And if you like what you hear, we're asking for your help so we can keep our program and this podcast going. Please visit humanmedia.org and at the top of our homepage, click on How You Can Help. Thanks. Humankind is produced in association with WGBH Boston and supported by the Humankind Program Fund. Additional funding for this series has been provided by the Corporation for Public Broadcasting, the National Institutes of Health, the Annie E. Casey Foundation, and the Park Foundation. Laughter is the release of pain. If you're in a lot, a lot of pain, you really can't laugh. But if you're in just a little pain, you know, you got this, it'll take your mind off it. It's like a, a pain pill, only better. Because you forget about the pain and you start to laugh. You say, oh, gee, don't they? Uh, you know, if a guy just had an operation, you come in, you say, you tell him something funny. Oh, gee, don't make me laugh. Free. That's good. He feels the pain, but it's good. It's okay. The pain is there. That's okay. But he's laughing. How TV comedy pioneer Sid Caesar used an upbeat attitude to recover from illness. You're listening to Humankind. I'm David Freudberg. Caesar was one of American television's first real superstars, a sensational comedian who delighted 60 million viewers in the 1950s with his live weekly programs, Your Show of Shows, and Caesar's Hour. And he assembled a stable of zany writers and performers, including future stars Woody Allen, Mel Brooks, Imogene Coca, Carl Reiner, and Larry Gelbart. A master of slapstick, funny faces, double talk, and pseudo languages, Sid Caesar was inventing modern comedy. All right, Harry, for $250,000, what is your answer? First answer is the aria comes from Rigoletto. It was written by Bertie, it's unpublished voice, like Dorina, De Lamora, Nina, Delina, the printer, the Santa Maria, the Cuesta la Foto, the Rino, the those hilarious and heady days on primetime network television eventually faded, leaving the brilliant Sid Caesar trapped in a crisis of self-doubt, depression, and addiction to pills and alcohol. He fought his way back to sobriety and emotional health, as described in his moving memoir, Where Have I Been?, since then, Caesar has battled a series of physical ailments, a fractured hip, a prostate condition, and an inoperable hernia. I visited Sid Caesar in his 70s at his home in Beverly Hills, California. Even when the chips are down, he told me, he has always returned to the wellspring of humor for energy and hope. It's important because it takes your mind off yourself, and that's, I would say, 80% of the problem. When you're lying in a bed... And you, they tell you you can't do this, you've got to do that, you must do this. And you, you know, you're pretty well uh, depressed because it's not a very nice atmosphere. It's, uh, but if somebody comes in and tells you a joke 
or somebody comes in and makes a little fun or tells you about, hey, you hear what happened to so-and-so, you hear what happened to so-and-so. doesn't have to be a joke. It just can be, just be something that you're somebody you know and you talk about them. And this guy comes in and brightens up your day, or she comes in and brightens up your day. Makes you laugh. It puts you in a different frame of mind. When you're in a depressed attitude, everything in your body is depressed. You, you don't feel like doing anything. You don't want to do it. You lay here. The hell with it. Uh, forget it. Who cares? Whatever. No, it'll be over soon. Okay. You get to start thinking like that. Everything down, 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 which has a cumulative effect. And then, you know, laughing is not going to cure you. Just be you know, well. He's got uh, some. He's got a terrible disease. I'll just give him a couple of jokes, and he'll be fine. That's not it. It's the accumulative effect of uh, of laughing and being in a. When you laugh, you're in a, you you can't uh, you can't get mad at anybody when you're laughing. When you're laughing, you don't get mad at anybody, and you don't get mad at yourself. Look at me. I'm laying here. I'm doing this with something. I can't move this. I can't do. I can't raise. I've got him in pain. I, what am I going to do? I can't this and this. And what's going to happen at home? And I got you know you got a trillion things going on in your mind. But when you laugh, there's only one thing you're doing. You're laughing. And laughing and crying are the same emotion. If you laugh too hard, you start to cry. Tears come to your eyes. And if you cry too hard, you get hysterical, you start to laugh. So it's one slips over into the other. So it's the same emotion. And you have to have that emotion. It's better to laugh than to cry. They're both releases. They're both tremendous releases. But I'd rather laugh than cry. Crying is a release, but you're still down after it after you cry. You have a good cry, a woman has a good cry, and a guy can have a good cry too. It's not, uh, you know, it's not on macho to cry. But uh, it puts you in a frame of mind where you can say, yes, yes, I can do this. Will you try that? Yeah, okay. You're in that sort of an attitude. So you are looking on the other side. Well, you want to get up and start to walk a little bit today? If you're down depressing, look, will you forget about it? Well, let's, let's, we'll try it tomorrow, all right? We'll, we'll talk about it. But if you're laughing, you're going up, hey, would you like to tell me? You think so? Yeah, give it a try. All right. You take the first step. That's it. It's only to get you the first step and then to take the next step. It's one step at a time. You know, nobody gets well in a bang, you know, in a flash. An accident happens in a flash, but then you get, well, it's a, a long process and tedious and sometimes very tedious. And uh, it depends upon the atmosphere you have around you. You have a jovial atmosphere, you know, you can't have me laughing all the time. You've got to get serious and pay attention to what you have to do. But you're willing to accept it more when you're in a laughing mood. To accept? To accept not what you, what's happened to you, what you have to do to get well. If you have to do some exercises, if you have to watch your diet, if you joke about it, you'll do it. You have much more of a chance of doing it than if you're just depressed and say, oh, forget it, Will you, look, don't bother me now. I just don't want to, look, would you just leave me alone? I, will you leave me alone? I just want to be by, by myself. When you're laughing, you don't want to be by yourself. You want to share it with somebody. You want to share the laughter. So laughing is something that brings you out of the mood that the, uh, the illness has put you in. Have there been times you were depressed when humor brought you out of it? Yes, many times. Many, many times. I mean, I've gone through a series. I've had uh, uh, five operations, uh, one after the other, every year, like clockwork. 
this one, my hip broke, and it was the prostate, and it was this, and it was that, you know, and it was Lavoya. But then I looked at myself, and I, after I came, I said, well, here we go again, Sid, you know, and, and I pulled myself out of it because I laugh at myself. I found a way to laugh at myself. If you can laugh at yourself, that's really, that's almost 50% of the battle. You mustn't take life too seriously. <laughs> that's the truth. You know, time, as I said before, timing is everything. Uh, when something happens, you may be on your vacation, and you look at this, I'm just going on my vacation, and this happened. I had tripped, I fell, I hit my head, I did my this, I broke this. But then again, you got to look at the other side. Listen, I'm on my vacation. Um, I'll be all right. You know, I'll be able to get back to work. I'll be do this. I'll be do that. And I won't lose. I won't lose that much time. You know, so you can always. There's always a, a silver lining. There's always a. If you look for it, but you got to look for it. The psychology of the clown, the comedian like Sid Caesar, is fascinatingly complex. Often a roller coaster of emotional highs and lows, viewed through a special lens that sees a layer of absurdity just beneath the surface of our experiences. Through their unusual perceptions, always informed by personal struggles, comedians sometimes develop deep insight into the human condition. A lot of people walk into a doctor and they say, make me better now. And they lay down and say, do it to me. Give me the magic shot, give me the magic pill, the silver bullet, whatever it is. There is no such a thing. There is none. You've got to do it. The doctor can help you and guide you, but that's up to you if you want to. If you, the doctor says stop smoking. Only you can stop smoking. Doctor, doctor says, I stop smoking. Well, that's good. I'm trying like a son of a gun. Yes, I, I'm trying. You're trying and trying until you really want to do it. Uh, I, I'm an alcoholic. If I take a drink, I, uh, it's up to me to stop drinking, not the, not the doctor who tells me which thing is something that I know. If I drink, it's no good for me. It's, you know, it's poison. So what I do is I, uh, I talk to myself and say, whenever you feel like that, nah, I think I'll just walk around, take a, take a walk, take a swim, take a this, go call somebody, get up, go do something. Because it's mostly, it's self-indulgence. You know, drinking and all the, uh, all the addictions are self-indulgence, you know? I mean, a lot of people, uh, I mean, they just let themselves, uh, I'll, I'll just for now, just for now, just for now. And for now, it comes every day. It's not what you do once in a while. It's like food. It's not what you eat once in a while. You know, once in a while you go out and I have, I do, I have a corned beef sandwich once in a while, once a month, once every two months. I'll have a corned beef sandwich. I like a corned beef sandwich. I like the, uh, I love piece of apple pie. What's bad? Nothing wrong, you know. But uh, if you do it every day, you're going to get, uh, it ain't going to help you. It's not going to help you, let's face that. So what I do, I keep on a very strict diet. No fat, no salt, no sugar. And that's every day. And once in a while, I'll go off like a reward. Okay, Sid. And you look forward to it. It's like a whoopee. Today is going to be corned beef day. And boy, we're going to have a piece of apple pie. Mmm. I can taste it now. So you build up to it. It means that if you have it every day, it's no big special thing. We're talking with Sid Caesar, pioneer of television comedy and author of Where Have I Been and Caesar's Hours. You're listening to Humankind. I'm David Freudberg. To learn more, visit our website, humanmedia.org.
What in your approach to life enables you to see the ridiculous side of things where other people may be less lighthearted? I don't know. It's the way you approach life. It's the way you approach uh, your whole your whole being. Uh, when I was a kid, when I used to go see the you know these horror pictures in those days were horror pictures. Today, the, the meat markets they chop up the blood right in front of me, you know. But that was scary in those days. But I always saw the camera there for some reason. I don't know why. I said, I'm looking at it. I said there had to be a camera to take the picture, and somebody is saying, cut, roll them, or whatever it is. So that. I never. I was nearly never. The only time I was really scared was, was uh, I saw Frankenstein with Boris Karloff. That was. The, I was a kid. I went, wow, boy. When I saw him, it was. That was the only time I was really scared. Uh, but aside from that, uh, I always saw the funny side of something. You know. Are you saying when you realized the presence of a camera that, that enabled to give you some sort of objective? Yeah, it's perspective? like a different point of view. You know, it's not. It's what they want you to see. But I. I saw the camera. For some reason, I saw the camera there. I saw. I said somebody had to take these pictures. I mean, it just didn't happen. You can get lost in the picture, but I find it hard to get lost in a picture. You know, I mean, I don't know, maybe it's a. It's because I see it, I, or I get too uh, too analytical. I see it how it's being made, or this or that. You know, but I enjoy some pictures, but uh, a lot of them, if I let myself uh, go, I'll uh, I'll just go around and watch the direction, watch the acting, and I don't get involved in the story. You know. So you're saying, likewise, you can distance yourself from the drama of life that way? Not distance myself, because I'm in life. You have to understand that. It's not a fairy tale. This is actually happening. You know, these things, uh, people say, well, it's a you know, once in a while. No, no, no. Life happens, and life is something that you've got to... It's going to go on with you, or without you, or around you, or in you. Uh, you know, you can be part of it, or you can uh, step back and look at it, or you can get involved with it. But I, uh, I find that I can... Uh, I can look at it, and I can uh, I can distance myself from it when I want to, and yet I can be into it, into it very, very, because I watch my diet very, very closely, and I do my exercises. I work out every day, uh, six days a week. I walk every day, and I enjoy myself because even if I do nothing else for the rest of the day, at least I found I did something for myself. You know, I get up, I take a walk. I, stretched, I exercised, I worked out, I took a swim, and I feel that, you know, if I do nothing else for the rest of the day, I did something. I mean, I got myself, I got my body going. I, I feel good. It gives you tone or something. Your circulation of the body, of the blood in the body is a very, very important thing. If you don't get it to circulate and go around and get it, you know, it's a machine. It's a very, very delicate and intricate machine. I mean, we're still, we're, we don't even know one trillionth of what the body can do. I mean, if you take there are the whole, all the music that's been written in the entire world, if you want to take a look at it, all the music that has been written in the entire world for all these years, there are only seven notes. Just seven notes. Now look at all the combinations and different rhythms and different, just with seven notes. The thousands and thousands of... Uh, Millions of songs that have been written, the thousands of symphonies and concertos, and just with seven notes. Now there are so many chemicals in your brain, and the brain is the best mixer. If if you you go into shock, all of a sudden you don't feel the pain. That's endorphins going down. The body takes care of itself. It's a tremendous machine. It's uh, it's something that uh, we have, with all our knowledge, we know very little about. With all the knowledge that we know. 
because we, there are certain diseases which we will never conquer, you know, because it's, it's too intricate, even when we go down to the gene level. But the body is a self-protecting, it'll, it'll, it'll protect itself unless it's overwhelmed. But if you keep the body up to date and you keep the body well-tuned and, and don't, you know, it's like a car, you put good gas in, you change the oil once in a while, you know, you, know, you take good care of it, the car will take care of you. One of the feelings I get about the body is because it has this built-in resiliency, built-in mechanism for self-repair, that the key thing is, is just not to block that mechanism from functioning smoothly. And also you can, you can en enhance it, you know, if you eat the right food, if you give it a little exercise, work it out once in a while, you know, you, if you drive your car around the city, stop, go, stop, go, stop, go, stop, go, the car's going to break down, you know, because it's not built for that. And it's built, the body is, that's why you have legs, it's built to walk, you know, we don't have, we didn't have cars, you walked someplace, and you walked back, and you got up the hill, and you got down the hill. So you used your body, you, the muscles are there for something, not just to hold the skeleton together, it's there for something to be used. You know, the guy gets up in the morning, he brushes his teeth, and that's the biggest exercise he does, you know. He brushes his teeth, and he goes and eats breakfast, and he eats, you know, ham, eggs, uh, cheese. That's, uh, that's all clogged material. Then he walks about 20 feet, gets in his car, and drives to the office, and he's mad as a son of a gun, because the guy in front of him is going to make a left turn, and he's signal right, and the son of a gun is going to look at this woman in back of me, she's blowing a horn. So you, while you're digesting your food, you're upset, you're miserable, and you want to get out of this thing, and you're in this traffic jam, and you've got to go to work, you're late, you're going to be, and this guy's going to have an accident, look at this guy, i got to sit here till these people look at the accident till I drive by. And I'll take a look myself while I'm driving by, and I'll take a look. Then you get to the office, you walk another 20, park the car, and then you walk another 20 feet to the elevator. You go up and you sit down and you sit down. You walk another 20 feet and you just sat down. And you sit down to lunch. And that's it. You get up from lunch. And maybe you want to go to the cafeteria? No, can they bring it to my desk? No, I'll eat it here. Yeah, whatever it is. You know, I'll slap a sandwich together, whatever. And, uh, or I'll eat it on the run. Yeah, you know, they eat it in the car. I've seen a lot of people. In the morning, they're heating up the coffee with the cigarette lighter. They got a cigarette going, and they got coffee, and they got a donut with sugar plopping all over themselves, and they're driving the car, and on the phone at the same time with the radio going. <laughs> right? In traffic. <laughs> and those are the ones who, uh, you know, that, why doctor? I don't know, why, I, I can't understand. Why, why don't I feel good? <laughs> Making people feel good has been a constant passion throughout Sid Caesar's life as an entertainer. As described in his 2003 book, Caesar's Hours, he got his first laugh as an 11-year-old, positioning himself to play a saxophone solo on stage at a school assembly in Yonkers, New York. The spotlight's glare prevented him from seeing the sheet music, so he moved only to be followed by the blinding spotlight. He moved so many times that the audience began to chuckle, and the career of a great humorist was born. Sometimes, says Caesar, he laughs so hard that it hurts. It's hard to describe because it's like having a tremendous workout 
or having a tremendous, somebody came and told you tremendous news, it's very good for you, or something very wonderful happened to you. And you just, you get that feeling of exuberance and you, you don't know what to do. And when you're laughing, you're letting it loose. You get, you're, you're exerting yourself. The muscles in your, in your stomach are going. And there's a certain feeling inside your body that you feel good. You feel good about yourself. You feel good about everything around you. And you forget, you know, it, it, this entire, anything that you can think of in the human equation, I don't care what it is, any kind of equation, any kind of inter interaction is going on somewhere in this world today, right now. It's what you choose to focus in on. If you focus in on negative things, you're going to be negative. It's going to take time. It's going to take practice until you learn something. If you want to play the piano, it's going to take time to sit down and practice the scales every day, which are very, very monotonous and very, uh, you know, over and over and over and over the same thing. And, but then, when you play a tune, and somebody looks at you, and you say, that's a good feeling, right? So what is the skill that you're, you're mastering in that regard? The actually, what you're mastering is yourself. You're mastering yourself. If you can make yourself do things, and then enjoy it. You know, I don't like getting up in the morning every morning at you know, 6.45, but I do. I don't have to get up at 6.45, but I do. Because I know I'm going to feel better when it's all over. When I finish the walk, and I finish the workout, and I finish the swim, you take a good shower, you go in and you have a nice lunch. What's bad? My God, you feel like you can lick the world. Enjoyment is really appreciation. If you can appreciate something, you know, look at it and say, don't take it for granted. Life is not, you know, a lot of people take their health for granted. That's like throwing money down a sewer. Enjoy it. Don't throw it down the sewer. Life is too precious. You know, you talk to somebody who's been uh, through a couple of things, they'll tell you, hey, don't take your life, you know, for granted. You're walking. When I couldn't walk, I used to look at other people and say, boy, look at that. They're walking. They don't even know they're walking. They're, they don't appreciate it. Now when I walk, I say, look at this. I'm walking. I'm feeling no pain, no nothing, no numbness. My God. That's a miracle. That's wonderful. Wake up in the morning. You know, I used to have a saying, you know, if you wake up in the morning, you're not, you're not in pain and you're not bleeding, you're ahead of the game. Little did I know how true that is, boy. I mean, it's true. A lot of people wake up in the morning in pain, and they're bleeding, and this, and that. And, you know, you wake up in the morning, hey, a little stretch, and you go out and you go for your walk, and <laughs> don't take that for granted, boy. Do you ever wonder why it is that, that you receive the gift uh, of being able to make people smile and laugh and be happy. No, I don't analyze myself that much. I don't look a gift horse in the mouth. What for? You know, if you want to just analyze something, you take it down and you take all the wonderfulness out of it. The gift is a gift. Don't look at, you know, how much, how much you pay for this? Where'd you get it? Well, I might, don't, that's the worst thing to do there. Somebody gives you a gift. See, that's beautiful. Where'd you get it? How much does it cost? Whatever it is. Did you get a rebate on it? Is it buy at a discount? Did you buy What's the sense of the gift? Give me the gift back and I'll get the money and I'll give you the money. How about that? Would you like that better? You know, I give him a gift. Give him the check. And gonna, How's that? There you are. Cash the check. Good for you. I'll see you later. It's no gift, right? A gift it comes with it. It's the same thing as an offering of laughter. Accept it as a gift. It's supposed to be a gift. And when you, if you can do it, 
Don't try to analyze it. Don't try to, well, if I get fat, will I, get, will I still be funny? If I get fat, if I get skinny, will I be feel fatter? Don't analyze yourself. It's, you get lost too much in, in trying to analyze. Enjoy it for what it is. You know, I don't want to know the making, why does tree get up? Why, how does the olives come from the tree? Why does, you know, just eat the olives. It's very nice. Enjoy it. It's very good for you. Olive oil is the best thing. Don't want to know why the olive came out of the tree. I don't care. I don't want to know that. I mean, there's certain people who have to know that, but I don't have to. Sid Caesar has said that before overcoming his addiction to pills and alcohol and his bouts of self-doubt and depression, living had become suffering. In his later years, adversity returned as he has faced various physical ailments. But the natural cycles of illness and recovery have yielded important insights he still retains. You have to put in some time in life. That's when you start to appreciate it because you've been through a couple of things. You've been through some, you know, somebody only gets well when they hit bottom and they bounce back up. Well, you've got to bounce. You've got to be able to bounce. And if you keep yourself in good physical shape, you'll be able to bounce. And you can keep yourself in good mental shape by not tearing yourself down so many times and keep planning. And laughter is a great thing to take your mind off yourself. It's not all good, it's not all bad. But enjoy the good when it's here, boy. Appreciate it. That's why I say, a lot of times I'll, I'll be out and having dinner and I'll say, and I'll look back at myself and see everybody at the table and enjoy myself enjoying myself. Mm. Look at myself and enjoy it. Gee, remember when you were laying in bed? And you had that pain and you were this and that. And you didn't know if this was going to happen, if that was going to blow me this and that. Now look at yourself. You're having a good time. You're with your family. You're having a wonderful meal. There's good, good, good conversation around. And I look down at that and I see myself enjoying I enjoy myself enjoying myself. That gets back to your days as a kid watching the horror movies and right. seeing it through the camera's eyes. Right. Same thing. Exactly. Is to being the, the, the able to withdraw, not withdraw into yourself, but draw back and look at the whole picture. You know, that, you know, when you sit, a lot of people when they sit down to a table, they look at the food. Ah, oh, there's the food. Take a look at the setting. Take a look at the napkins, how it's folded, how clean it is, how this and how the silverware is placed, and the candles if there are. If there's an aroma of uh, roses, if there's some flowers, stop and smell the roses. Listen to the birds. It's not bad. It's all free. So if you want to do it, just take it in. Look at it. It's all there. Sometimes the spiritual teachers talk about a uh, being being a witness to one's life. Yeah, sure. But you have to understand and be able to look back away from yourself and look at the whole picture. You know, this is not going to last forever. It's a dark period right now, but hey, we're going to get out. And the only way to do it is through laughter, through being up, through being positive. Positive thinking is uh, it's, it's not it's not the wrong thing. It's the right thing. Because if you have a positive attitude, you've got a good chance for everything. I guess my last question is, um, no doubt some of the people tuned in are, are struggling with depression. And I wonder if uh, you would have some jokes for them now that might lighten their burden a little bit. I don't have any jokes for them, but I have some advice for them. Ich fahrt vor Augen gesperrt, wenn er auf der Spiel und das lachte, und gelacht wird und durchspielt wird ein, und gefallen sie auf und jubel left, wenn I tell you the left, wird am der Schwell von der Reif von der Augen, und lachte, ich lachte. 
It's if you want to laugh. That's all. It's up to you. Laughter and taking part in life and enjoying life is up to you. Nobody else. Comedian Sid Caesar at his home in Beverly Hills, California. David Freudberg. Studio recording by Steve Colby. Editorial assistance from Thomas Royal. Our program is presented by Human Media in association with The Network Incorporated. Program development and support provided by Shart Media. To purchase a CD copy of this program, please call 1-800-5-LISTEN. That's 1-800-5-L-I-S-T-E-N. Or visit our website where you can also obtain an audio download of this and our other programs and can hear selected episodes free. You can access free written materials related to this program as well. Our web address is humanmedia.org. That's humanmedia.org. Again, if you'd like to purchase a CD copy of Humankind by phone, please call 1-800-5-LISTEN and our web address is humanmedia.org. This segment with comedian Sid Caesar is Humankind Program number 108. The executive producer is David Freudberg. This is Humankind. To hear more episodes of Humankind, you can subscribe to our free podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or your preferred podcast player. A new episode each week. The podcast title is Humankind on Public Radio. And if you enjoy this program, be sure to leave us a kind review at iTunes and Stitcher. If you want to support the program, please visit humanmedia.org. And at the top of the homepage, click on How You Can Help. Again, our web address is humanmedia.org. Thanks.